Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Welcome to A Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experience. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, and with me is the self-hating millennial activist, Sarah Hader. Hi, Sarah. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. I had lots of food. Um, did you get into any was, fights? There, uh, no, I did not. I'm really proud of it. I, I, I did not. <laughs> Everybody was sick, though. Everybody in my family was sick, okay. like all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it was that was actually terrible. So there were like a couple of days where, yeah, we just had yeah, we were just like there's a lot more snot than usual. I mean, there's always a good amount of snot, but um, sometimes there's a little more. Mm-hmm. So that was my Thanksgiving. Okay. How well, was yours? You know, it it was lovely. It was nice. I, I had a wonderful food and it was great friends and my friend made a, a feast. But, you know, I have to say there's this thing that keeps happening. It's not necessarily a Thanksgiving thing, but it did come up where I'll be talking to someone and they maybe don't know me all that well, or they've heard of me through somebody else, or they're a friend of a friend, and they kind of know a little bit about me. And it becomes clear at some point in the conversation that they think I'm a conservative. Like, I, you know, I was at one point in a sort of exchange with somebody, and it was just totally normal. It wasn't, I can't even remember, we may have been talking about something slightly having to do with identity politics, like um, in the theater, for instance, or in the arts. And, and this person said, well, you know, I mean, obviously you and I are coming from the opposite sides. And this person just assumed that I was politically on the right. Mm. And it was based on what this person had been told by somebody else about my political leanings. And it just pisses me off. Mm. It's like, But then I'm like, okay, why does it piss me off so much? Because Maybe, you know, we don't get upset about things unless there's a kernel of truth. So then I'm Mm. thinking like, well, maybe, maybe I am at this point, not on the political right, but am I a conservative? Whatever that means. Mm. Mm, Nazi adjacent, maybe. Yeah, that's what I should have said. I should. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we're on on political opposites, but I I am Nazi adjacent. So I just need to identify as Nazi adjacent. So I'd like you to respect that, please. I think it is annoying when people assume your politics, <laughs> but <Well>. I, <laughs> um, I have to, well, I did get that with my, with my, one of my like cousins, like distant cousins, he like, I, I, I was hanging out with him and his wife and they were talking about how I was on Fox news or something. I don't <laughs> really? know what it was. No. Have you, have you been on Fox News? Like no. at that moment, they pointed at the TV, said, look, no, there they she like, is. They, they sort of mentioned how, you know, I had been like, I don't know what they were talking about, but it was somehow they were talking about like what I do and then something about Fox News. And and then I was like, but I've never been on Fox News. And they were like, really? I, I could have sworn. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what you're what are you talking about? But on the whole, it 
you know, people just, people get really confused because of my race. So it's, it's white people do anyway. So they don't, they don't assume that I'm conservative. Really. Oh, you can hide behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, so they have, they just have trouble. They just get confused for a bit. And then, and then, then they'll be, then they'll be like, okay, she's a, she's a Nazi for sure. But mm-hmm. it'll take a little while to get okay. there. Yeah. It won't be the first assumption. <laughs> you gotta let yeah. people, people find their way. Discover yeah. the Nazi. Within, yeah. yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. had gone into the Thanksgiving vowing that I was not going to talk about any of this stuff. I was just going to keep everything light and polite. Uh, and I was going to talk to people about their home renovations and their, their kitchen renovations and such, because that's what people really like to talk about. Um, but then there were there were a few people at the Thanksgiving who were like fans of of the podcast. And this one guy in particular, he'd like listened to every episode of The Unspeakable and wanted to talk about all the stuff, you know. Mm. And so then I tend to get very um, sort of intense, you know, <laughs> when certain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. topics come up. Uh, especially like when I feel that people don't understand them and I want mm. to explain to them. Uh, and so I was just like very aware of myself. Like I could sort of like, you know, see myself. I was like looking down on myself, like, whoa, you're getting a little intense, Megan, rein it in, rein it in, change the subject, <laughs> talk about something else. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like that. So, okay. Well, lots has been happening um, and I haven't been on Twitter. I've I've quit. Like, yeah, Sam what's Harris. that about? Um, Are you just copying. I'm just Sam? done with it. I am copying Sam, but I, it's it's. I don't think it has to do with that. I've I've been kind of really disliking what's going on with Twitter. I feel like people are just so warped there. I, I, of course, everyone knows this, but it's really hard to break the addiction. Um, and the only thing you can do. From, well, the only thing I can do, I can't decrease the time on there. I can just literally leave it, you know, mm-hmm. log off. You can't and moderate is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I can't moderate. Yeah. Either either I'm on and, you know, I tweet one thing. People start responding. You start engaging and they start yelling at you. And then you tweet some more. And then there's more people yelling at you for different reasons. And then, and then you're trapped, you know, and that's – and there goes like an hour, two hours – of your, you know, precious. Did, what was the thing? <laughs> like, you talk. did have something that you, that, that got you in a little hot water. What was it though? I saw it and then I what had is, a thought I mean, and then I, wasn't there, was there some things. big thing? Yeah. But what was like the most, most recent thing? Be. Something no you were idea. being misunderstood. I thought I'm you always were being, being misunderstood. misunderstood. I'm always, I am all, I, ugh, story of my life. I know. We did have some people on Twitter upset with us about our birth control discussion last week. Mm. Yeah, and I tried to behave myself. Actually, we were both well behaved, so it didn't go very far. But I saw some. There was some real uh, vitriol. It was interesting, right? It's interesting what makes people mad. It's never what I expect, mm-hmm. um, it, and it makes it matter than I think possible, given you know the content. Well, people and were our- mad in the op- about the opposite thing. So, so basically, we had had a discussion last time about. Um, a book that you were reading by Dr. Sarah Hill about uh, birth control, about hormonal birth control. Uh, and I had watched a documentary film called The Business of Birth Control. Um, they were sort of along the same lines. And you were, um, you know, you were, I don't want to say you were making a case, but you were just observing that um, hormonal birth control has powerful effects and wasn't designed to be used for decades. 
And uh, some people interpreted that as you saying that uh, you wanted to ban birth control. That you're just this. Yeah. This whole podcast is a long game to uh, to to legislate uh, against uh, hormonal birth control. Put women back in the kitchen barefoot. <laughs> yeah. So we're, it's working. Yeah, I mean, and th- this is why I think Sarah Hill had to, you know, in her book had to <laughs> put right. so much. So many caveats, so much throat clearing throughout the book. It was kind of annoying as a reader, but now I feel like I understand why she felt like she had to do that. But, you know, it's it's strange that that we do have to do that because maybe there, if we have an open and honest discussion and we're allowed to have an open and honest discussion, like maybe we do find that there are a lot of negatives to this, that these are drugs that have health consequences that the, you know, the FDA is interested in or wants to, you know, I mean, who knows, right? Like we don't, it depends on what we find at the end of that inquiry that should then uh, determine what we do or don't do. But the interesting thing here is people have decided that there are certain things that are, that they're simply not okay with on any level. Um, And so the discussion that might lead there you know, reasonably or unreasonably, if the discussion might lead there, it's a discussion not worth having, or it's suspicious. Yeah, well, you you're know, giving, just on 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 the yeah, um, you're giving ammunition to the to the bad guys. Yeah, I was actually really confused about some of the reaction to this because, like, on no level were you saying that you thought <laughs> that people shouldn't use hormonal birth control, much less that it should be illegal. Like I just, I love how people get to that. It's, and don't don't you get your hands off of my birth right. control, or just um, like I mean, people were like <laughs> literally shaking, listen, listening to us. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I, it, it's it's just surprising to me how um, these conversations have really should be difficult. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want this to be another discussion about conversations. Um, and I, what I what what I liked about that episode was that we were just able to get to the heart of. Here's what's actually going on. Here's this information that young women need to know or just women who are taking birth control need to know. Um, and it's it's relevant to their lives. It's relevant to their health. Since that the airing of that episode, though, I've had so many conversations with women I know. Oh, really? Um, yeah, um, who reached out to me um, after hearing it. And uh, they said that, you know, they shared all these stories that they had about birth control and it was it's crazy so many of them had like just a wide just wide variety of um of responses they didn't know that it was directly related to the birth control for years because they developed slowly and they could have been symptoms that were part of other things and then later on you find out that uh birth control can contribute to you know, all these, all these like other things. Like what? Let's start spreading some uh, disinformation no, here right no. now. Like what, for instance? I know, like no, they I actually can't, grow I can't. older. I think, they you know, will. if you, if you use it for too many decades, you actually get older That's while you're on it. Um, yes. You might not get pregnant. You That's, might, yeah, it can lead to infertility, temporary can, yeah, infertility. T- temporary infertility. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't want to, I am curious what they said, but maybe we can take that offline. Yeah. I, a, a lot of our commenters also shared stories. I, I think our commenters were pretty, uh, 
pretty like supportive of the discussion. I just, there were a few people I heard from and uh, some people online who were very, very upset by it, which was a little bit perplexing. Um, Cause uh, I certainly, I don't think either of us were suggesting that uh, it should not be available or that people should not use birth control. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, given what we know though, I just want to, I want to add that caveat because it's, it is true that at the moment, given what I know, I would not ban birth control and I would not I would not even tell women not to be on it. You know, if it works for you and it's not messing with you, it's not messing with your body as far as you can tell. You you don't sense a huge change in um, you know, your mental health and uh, general ability to think about things um, or your sexual behavior. You don't you don't notice those changes or maybe you do notice changes and there you like them you know, then take it, take birth control. Um, but we might find out more things in the future and then I will change my opinion. <laughs> like I, there's no, this is not, this is not religious dogma. My, uh, approval of birth control, like hormonal birth control, not birth control in general, but hormonal birth control is based on the supposition that it is, you know, there are some downsides to it and there are some health risks to it, but that's true of everything. And but the benefits outweigh, outweigh those negatives. Um, that's what it's resting on. And we, you know, we have to be able to have this discussion. I don't, I don't yeah. understand, you know, but I think people are just worried that if you have the discussion, if people find out some really awful things, then there's, uh, then people might want to take it away. But then isn't that a good thing? Right. If it really is horrible, if it really is messing with people, if it really is causing. Yeah, well, but it's not messing with people. Like It's not right. As far as we know now. Kind of thing like there's messing with people and there's messing with people. I think that the social costs for not having readily available hormonal birth control would be enormous. So. Oh, and it would be born by, you know, the same the same women. I mean, so, so this is the thing, like it's just informed consent. Right. Like women need to know the costs and the benefits, they know the benefits, they should know the costs as well. And many of them will still take this on. Um, I think I would have, um, if it hadn't caused like very, like if, if it hadn't caused side effects that I could, um, like I could tell as I was, as I was using it and that were really detrimental to me, I would probably still use it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it, because pregnancy is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you think? really yeah. don't want to be pregnant. I mean, it's like the same way that a lot of people don't want to have conversations about um, abortion, like in terms of how many, like when's a good, should it be on demand or is it reasonable to say like, you know, at, at 15 weeks and like, you know, there's little nuances here that people are afraid of because they're worried that the quote unquote other side is going to say, Hey, Hey, you guys said right here that, you know, you want to make it, unavailable after a certain time so therefore that's what we're doing it's it's it it always comes back to not trusting people to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time right that's the problem right and then is there i mean why why can't we expand this argument though like why is it the case that any drugs are banned that have some they have some benefit um and it is not necessarily the case that you're going to get addicted like why uh, you know, marijuana was illegal for so long, but there are other drugs too that are probably harder um, that we could, you know, there are negatives to it. You could get, you can get addiction, you can get tolerance, but there are positives as well. Amphetamines, Adderall, you know, if, if Adderall was available to people, um, there's a lot of positives. 
they get they would get a lot more done. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something, Sarah? No, been, my, I mean my lately. my I have I um yeah, but well my my question is 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 that this is there is there a clear line here of when a drug is we we've judged it as a society that it's so harmful it should be banned or that we can't trust people with it and therefore it should be banned. Um, you know, and I feel like, I feel like that line exists right now. It's very, it's jagged, you know, there's no, it's not evenly applied and it certainly wasn't to marijuana up until recently when, when states have started to, um, finally legalize it. Yeah. Uh, no, and you know. I know people who can't get, you know, o- opioid painkillers for dental surgery because of restrictions on them. It's it's really really tricky. It's it's and also the marketing, drug manufacturer marketing is so huge. That's such mm. a, an enormous business. We have no idea the extent to which we're being sold pharmaceuticals all the time. Oh yeah, uh, and doctors um, don't even know it. It's just it's do- so baked in. It's very, it's terrifying, actually, and and uh, the more you the more you delve into it in any one in any in any one specific case, the scarier uh, uh, it, it feels. You know um, how much influence these companies really do have with what we end up ingesting, um, like as a society too. You know, like there's SSRIs and their marketing is pretty incredible yeah, yeah. and it, they have changed the landscape and how we think of uh mental health you mm-hmm. know uh and it, it, it's it's shocking yeah but at the same time some people really benefit yeah, yeah. um yeah. yeah so anyway that's it's complicated and i just want to in case this wasn't clear uh i know i was talking about the movie uh the business of birth control and you know they were um, emphasizing the sort of new frontier of period trackers and fertility awareness methods. And I was sort of using the term rhythm method interchangeably with fertility awareness. Um, you know, I don't think that's totally uh, beyond the pale, but it's not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to want to clarify that. I still think that like a teenage girls uh, shouldn't necessarily be trusted with uh, fertility awareness. Um, but that's just me. Maybe they're maybe they're more responsible and together than they used to be. Or maybe the apps do everything. You know what? Maybe I'm just operating from the old system where we used an abacus. We are going to have the same conversation again, again, because I'm going to bring up condoms as just an option that I can. Yeah, everybody was on your side. I just. uh, um, Well, it, it, it was basically yeah, yeah. Men don't like condoms, but. But so what, right? <laughs> like what? I don't. I still yeah. don't get it. Um, I know, but I a lot of a lot of men like. Yeah. Anyway, stop being so considerate when it comes to what what Look, men. Look, you know what? Here. I care about men because men like, have gotten like, a raw no, deal. We have I all the we have all we need the to power. Have reparations for men. Look, it's so hard for them. They're living in their parents' Sexual basement. They can't get yeah. into college. They're not going to college. They're just playing video games. We should at least you know, give them a leg up by saying you don't have to use condoms guys. That's we're getting, well, it's is not what a leg up, but it you. is a, it is a, uh, I guess give him a, give him a, give, throw him a bone. Yeah. So yeah. to speak. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I think we, I think we, we covered that. Um, 
anyway, Twitter. Yep, we, people were mad at us on Twitter. So there's a big story happening actually as we speak, uh, breaking Twitter news. Matt Taibbi, the journalist, former Rolling Stone, now Substack superstar, uh, has a, a tweet thread uh, unrolling about uh, information that he has found about uh, Twitter suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story. My eyes are kind of already glazing over just uttering those words, but it, it is it is significant. It is. It is. And uh, so it's this is it's it's like breaking now now. Like, yeah, in, it's Friday night. Hey, guys, it's Friday night. That, and we so are here. We are again. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Megan. I don't know. Did I we give need us to, away? They we think need, we're so cool. They're like if we weren't, we, if, if we hadn't said that, they'd be like, "Those girls are out clubbing every night," and then they do the podcast oh, during the clubbing. day. Did you ever? Did you no, ever go out clubbing? No. I hate, well, I mean, a few times. Like in high school, we used to go in and go to the um, the limelight. <laughs> the limelight. Limelight. Is that a New yeah, York it was club? In, in the village. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, not that wasn't really my scene. Generally, no. I went to a few. I never liked it, but if you're if you're already drunk, <laughs> and you show, that, then it's a great yeah. Time. <laughs> then it's a great time. But you but but it's kind of a requirement. I don't think you can be sober in those places. No, and then you don't want to have to buy drinks there because it's expensive. But yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, girls don't have to buy good drinks. Oh well, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this um, oh, yeah, Matt thread, um, Matt Tavey. <laughs> um, uh, so, so he, he's, I won't read too much of it, but, uh, cause it's a very, very long, long thread. Um, but he describes, uh, what is going on inside Twitter based on some of the documents that he has, uh, received. And it, these seem to be emails. Um, I mean, it, it, does he, did he mention other than emails? What is it? I mean, I can see through the. Well, did he get this information emails. from Elon Musk? I think there might have well, been. Well, he, he, he got it from someone at Twitter, source. which yes, really could exactly. have been. <laughs> exactly. Or, or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, he talks about how, you know, well, the, it, the, 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 co- the company was created to, you know, give power to the people and allow them to share ideas um, instantly without barriers. But as time progressed... Uh, that there were the uh, now I can I, I'm going to read directly from Matt's tweet. The company was slowly forced to add these bar- those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Um, but slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. Um, and, you know, and then he describes in detail uh, some of the kind of sorts of things that might happen. So you might have people uh, request uh, requests being sent to Twitter to delete certain tweets and that they would just um, uh, the the the. The Twitter uh, people would just delete them, like uh, mm-hmm. tweets from um, emails from the Biden Biden administration or the Biden team, um, and they would just they would handle it. Um, and you know, it, I I guess this is alarming, perhaps, to people who are not as who are not like us and extremely nihilistic about like. I, I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say extremely online, but. Yeah, or just... we are extremely online, but but more than that, I think we I presume that this is what they're doing all the time. 
Um, and I, I'm not saying this because I'm I'm so uh, you know uh, conspiracy minded. It's that of course of course they're of course they're doing it. You know, it's it's not even a big conspiracy. We have a group of people um, who share largely one you know political perspective. And anytime that happens, you're going to see a bias develop over time. That is a natural uh, human, uh, you know, social dynamic that develops over time. There's nothing, there's almost nothing you can do to stop it, even if you're holding yourself up to these very high standards. Over time, those standards will degrade. And that is a natural part of being in that kind of environment and being pulled by uh, you know, loyalty to some something else, you know, and, and, and I really feel deeply that the only way to inoculate yourself, whether you're a company that wants to be um, that, that wants to hold itself to this high standard of free speech or any other kind of ideal, or you're, you know, an organization or your research group that is that is mission focused, mission centered, and you have this overarching, um you know, a uh, uh, goal of of what you'd like to see in the world. Your ACLU and you and you want to protect civil liberties for Americans. You have to make sure that the people on your team are as diverse intellectually as possible. And that is not, you know, and that is not for so, so that you can be nice to the conservatives and it's only fair to them or whatever. It's not because of that. It's because it's they are there to keep you honest, um, and they are there to keep you sharp. Okay, you're, um, now you're in fantasy land here. No, but but that, I mean, you think about what's happening in, say, in academia, right? Like there's, academia is uh, fully, <laughs> academics are fully um, on board with one political party. Over time, what happens there is that you have a lot of, you have a lot of smart people, you have some dumb people, you have a lot of good research, you have some bad research. But the bad research doesn't get filtered out as effectively because everyone around you is on the same team. They're rooting for the same things. And when when people hear what they want to hear, they are not as skeptical. They are not as critical. And they are not going to shut down those bad ideas as quickly as they would if you had an opposing camp that really disagreed with those uh, with that ideology, that they not hold those values necessarily. They are motivated to find problems. They're motivated to criticize. They're motivated to be skeptical of your claims. And they will help shoot down the bad arguments quickly. We're experiencing a, an environment in which so many major media and cultural institutions, and now that includes all these social media companies, because they are, they are, the, the, you know, they, they are where discourse is happening. They're, they are where we're learning things um, and where culture is being produced. Um, it matters that so many of these institutions are you know, dominated by one political ideology, even if I mostly agree with that ideology. It's still a problem. I mean, and I and it's so fascinating to me that every time I have this, every time I bring this up um, in front of you know my fellow uh, progressives, liberals, or whatever, they sort of just go like you know, in a, they'll 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 be they'll humor me and they'll go, oh yeah, of course, yeah, you know. Uh, diversity is important heterodoxy is important right, yes yes, yes. Right. but but they don't they're not really getting it you know and then i i tell them what if the opposite was true you know what if you were sending your child to a university and well any you know all the universities in your area all the good universities you knew that they were dominated by 
Republicans and conservatives. You know, how comfortable, how would you feel, how comfortable would you feel sending your child to that, in that environment? How suspicious would you be of their, you know, so-called knowledge that they're producing? Yeah, you know, because, I, right, well, because. You would be skeptical of also, everything but they, that they comes don't, out of there. They don't associate conservatism with intellectualism. Or culture or knowledge right. or anything, right? But, right. but, but. I'm just talking in, in the in but the pure sense was, of okay, but what? Sorry to interrupt you, but like, what if it was business school or something? You would have sent your then, kid to like a concert, if, like if a business school filled with Republicans or a business school filled with progressives. <laughs> I mean, at this point, they are all they are progressives anyway. Really, really, like, it's even yeah. I mean, it's schools. Okay, I, don't I mean, know. not 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 as much as everywhere else, but it is. It's just a dominant. It's, this is this is the so the, where do the conservatives the go like i mean where are they hiding like do they not go or do they just keep their heads down in university i think, they, and then I think go you get have jobs to, yeah. and then yeah yeah I, I think they have to i've i've um siblings who went to business school and you basically you just i mean so business people in general they don't talk about these things they don't talk about culture war stuff as often um but when they do it's just vaguely you know, vaguely progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even medical school has been captured, which is terrifying. Uh, yeah. You hear yeah. this more and more and medical yeah. students are not taught like basic biology in some cases because of ideological constraints. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, this just gets back into like this, like people who are not following this stuff, like this kind of gets back to the Thanksgiving conundrum. Like why the the people who think that I'm a conservative because I'm thinking about this stuff all the time, it's because they are not following this stuff. They're just not into it the way I am. If they were, I'm pretty confident they'd agree with me or at least agree that it's worth thinking about. But like, is it, is it like a luxury not to think about this stuff? Is it a privilege or is it a discipline or is it lazy? I know you're going to say it's lazy. I think it, it, there are a good chunk of people who don't know about this stuff because largely because they agree with much of the, much of the decisions that these guys make anyway. And therefore they don't think about the principle behind it. The progressive set of So the the majority of them are going to say, yes, Trump should be banned. Yes, uh, it was a good idea to 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 slow down um, the Biden laptop, uh, Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, And or or there or maybe maybe a part of them thinks, man, that wasn't that wasn't a great idea. But they're, they're not they don't feel as if that was an incredibly unfair and incredibly alarming uh, thing for Twitter to do. They're not, they're not alarmed by it for sure. And so they're not, they're not really, they're not really thinking about the principle of the thing. Um, And, you know, and I, I think, I don't think that's, that's, that's a big chunk of the people that are just sort of idly sort of floating by um, that they vague, they vaguely agree with the restrictions. It's not that, they don't know the speech restrictions exist. It's that it, they. Well, they're also going to say thing. it's a private company. So it's a private company until until Elon Musk's hold, you know, right. uh, holds it, and then now suddenly it's a it's again a threat to democracy. Um, 
And, yeah, that, it was <laughs> always a threat to democracy. The whole thing's a threat to democracy. I, just yeah, it, the, social media itself is a threat to coherent thought. So that's if that's true. a yeah. if that's a threat yeah. to democracy, ergo, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm not uh, surprised by I, I'm not surprised by everything that that I'm seeing from Matt Taibbi. Um, well, yeah. I mean, right now in the, with this story, I'm not surprised because this is what I assumed they were doing. Um, so I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I don't know if we went over the details of it or if we want to, but he was basically just, he, he, he sheds more light onto the details of the steps they took to suppress the Hunter Biden story. Um, you know, removing links, posting warnings that it was unsafe, um, you know, blocking its transmission, via the dms <laughs> yeah. um and uh and uh, you know and then um sort of belatedly saying that this was uh, it was removed for the violation of the company's um hacking policy yes that uh, was their loophole that, that, that exactly. was, yeah even though it was recognized i guess within uh w- internally even uh that it was uh, kind of a weak weak excuse but that was the excuse and uh they continued to hold it uh long after it became clear that um it wasn't going to work and the interesting thing was that jack dorsey doesn't seem to be aware of a lot of what was happening well he was probably out on a silent solo meditation retreat yeah and it's interesting because he seems to be pushing back at times uh, when it comes to just his team, his general content moderation team and, and policy team's approach on removing things and censorship, it seems like uh, Jack Dorsey has been pushing back here and there um, and trying to get them to to reevaluate some things. But uh, it, I think I, I, it's it's pretty interesting to see that you know he wasn't even uh, a part of the decision to make this, uh, to, to mm-hmm. suppress a story. Um, and it makes me think that he, he must've recognized at some point that this thing that he had built, um, was out of his control and it feels like that's what happened. Um, and he decided to hand it over to, to this, you know, chaos monster, Elon. Yeah. Um, in the hopes that he could do, he could do something that, that, that Jack wasn't able to do. Um, I mean, that's the impression I'm getting now, especially because I was I was intrigued by Jack's response to Elon Musk, you know, taking ownership of Twitter. Uh, It seemed a lot more it almost seemed positive. Like it almost seemed like he was happy about (laughs) about what Mm -hmm. was happening and he didn't want to say so. But that that's how he felt. There were some interesting tweets that he sent out about how nobody knows anything. Um. Uh, you know, around the time that people were talking about, you know, the chaos is ensuing in Twitter headquarters and everything. So I, th- I think it's really hard to know in cases like this, what's, what actually is going on inside the company. We can only presume. Um, I prefer not to and just wait it out and see what happens. But I think there's some things that are coming to light now that many of us already kind of presumed were happening. And now we kind of know for sure. I don't think this is going to change anything though. Right. Like it's, um, so many people agree with 
agree that it should be, it should have been, you know, I mean, Sam Harris, right? Like Sam Harris was saying that this is a story that should have been suppressed and it was good that it was suppressed. Yeah. And even if it was a worse story, it should have been suppressed um, because Trump is. Yeah. I mean, I think most people, I mean, this is what I've said from the beginning. We need all hands on deck. We need any, we have to save ourselves from Trump by any means necessary. I think that is the consensus among most people who have any sort of power or interest or uh, uh, any sort of interest in these, in these spheres of influence. Sorry. Mixing a billion metaphors here, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, anyone who thinks about this stuff or participates in it or cares uh, is likely to see Trump as um, you know, somebody who sh- somebody who's probably better off not there at at least and an, an existential threat at worst so mm, yeah i i mean it it's it's surprising to me to see um i mean i i guess I, i'm not surprised that people would think trump was that extreme of a threat i'm surprised that they don't recognize that what they're doing is also a threat you know that that well, what they are doing is not, also subverting because the democracy. norms because the norms are still in place. What norms? Right. Well, we can go. The we're norms. Going the the norms that you know right. people, pe- powerful people, Taking tell us what to think. And yeah. yeah, right. I mean, yeah. So much about what seems to bother people about Trump is you know is is about the the look of it. You oh know, yeah, about totally. A, about his behavior more so than what he's actually done. You know, like in the sense of well, his, I, I mean. I always, this is a really hard question to ask people because it really upsets them. But it's like, what has, for most people, were their lives really affected by anything Trump did? I mean, unless you were an immigrant who was separated from their child at the border. But uh, Obama was doing that. Well, he wasn't. That was happening. He wasn't taking babies away. Just whatever. That's right. Right. I mean, there's some details of the, but, but there was, there was uh, horrible things happening at the border. Yes. You know, they've always been happening. There have been people that have been deported uh, under the Obama administration. Many, many, many people that were being yeah, deported. No, drone, drone strikes and, yeah, m- much damage caused. But I think we've talked about this before. Obama just didn't shoot his mouth off about it. Right. So it's – it's. I think there's something about you can get away with a lot so long as you do it in a style that feels mm-hmm. familiar to to this, like – you know, ring of, you know, yeah. aristocracy, I guess, that we have, yeah. um, you know, and if you can, and if you can sound like an intellectual, if you can sound like Obama, Obama was so, I, I loved the way he came across. I don't know. Not everybody did, but yeah, I loved it. I loved his tone. Because he's, he's like a, he's like us, right? a professor and, yeah. but he's cool. And he also, he made us feel good about ourselves. He made us feel like we're not racist. I mean, I don't know about you. Not racist. He was a good looking person. guy. He's, you know, yeah. like in shape. I mean, there's so much about him that, well, I mean, right. You well, know, I mean, that come was on, like, a lot of, <laughs> and you know, people hated George W. Bush because he was just so malapro. Like he would just put his foot in his mouth all the time. He didn't speak well. He misused words. Um, now he seems so benign in retrospect, but right. he, he did more damage than and Trump and Obama combined. Let's that, be honest. That, that drives, me, drives me crazy to see people say things like, oh, we, you know, we almost miss after Trump. It's like we, 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 you know, 
I almost miss Miss George. Yeah, because Bush, he was you know? from a nice family, nice waspy family, and <laughs> he like didn't he, have gold plated, gross everything. There are yeah. so there are hundreds of thousands of people dead because of the actions of that administration. Yeah, and just because he's cute and he cuddles up with I don't Michelle, think he's cute. You I know, think like, his dad is hot. I don't mean I don't mean cute as in sexy. Uh, I meant yeah, like this, you know, like he's like cuddling up with Michelle, serious. who's this, getting this too serious. We need to talk about who's hot and who's not. A, okay, okay, but we'll, yeah, we'll get well, to that. Um, you, yeah, I know. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like he's not. He, he, but but it, he just doesn't offend their sensibilities as much. Uh, even no. if he's even palatable, if, right? Even if you had to, if you had to make a list of policy, like policy that was that was changed, affected by a certain administration, I don't think Trump would, you know, strike as as badly as as some of the other presidents that we've had in the past january 6th however like his that specific that you know to me that was the point at which he he became actually what so many people were really really concerned about and for the first time i think i saw i saw that i saw um that threat um having said that all our institutions, you know, like survived. Democracy did not die. Um, if anything, you know, he posed a lot of challenges in the courts um, uh, 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 when it came to the election results, and they were they were thrown out. All mm-hmm. except like I think two of them or something. And it was many of them were, were conservative uh, judges who threw them out. Um, you know, like I mean, we're the system has survived Trump. Yeah. yeah, it held. And mm-hmm. if anything, like, in, in a way he proved that it w- that it is a strong it is a strong system. Um but I don't think that that's the lesson. That's a lesson I kind of come out of it <laughs> learning <laughs> that our system is actually stronger than it looks. Um the the lesson I think everybody else seems to get is that the system is actually incredibly weak because somebody like Trump could get in in the first place. Well, then we should learn. See, that's the thing. Are we going to learn our lesson? That's like saying, I mean, we, we, we were attacked on nine 11. It seems like we learned, like we're a lot more vigilant now. Are, mm-hmm. are we going to say, are we going to you know, crumble into a pile of self blame and self loathing because we, the system wasn't strong enough and somehow that happened. Well, what, how did that? Well, I mean, is it, is it the, what what went wrong that Trump when elected? I mean, the what? I uh, I mean, it could be anything. It could be the, the that Hillary was a weak candidate. It could be because James Comey mentioned her emails at the eleventh hour. It could be because you know, you name it. There's a whole list of. But that doesn't scenarios. sound any of none of that sounds like the system breaking or not working. You know what I mean? It's just to to me, it sounds like this is what democracy is. And that means sometimes we get somebody in power who is who doesn't belong there, shouldn't be there, isn't suited for the job, um, because there is, of course, an element of like it's hard to differentiate between populism and democracy at times because they are, you know, uh, on the same spectrum i guess i mean i would have a hard time actually drawing a line in between in between those things but 
you have to allow it because it is important to give people that voice in choosing um in choosing their leaders and then give them another choice four years later. And they made a different yeah. choice. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I they, should, they, should, they, yeah. it worked because they, they made a different choice. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> People need something to attach their anxieties to. I mean, we saw this with COVID. There are a lot of people who are just living in a constant state of, uh, battle with themselves and battle with their own nerves. And if you can have an external source that, you can kind of channel all your personal demons into that gives you um, not only an excuse, but, but currency. And I think a lot of people did that with Trump. A lot of people had real um, trauma. I hate to use that word, but people with, it was very interesting people with histories of um, uh, emotional abuse or, you know, abusive men in their lives um, were really, really triggered to use another mm-hmm, word I don't like mm-hmm. to use by by Trump, and mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I sometimes minimize that because that was not my reaction. That just doesn't happen to be my be my personal experience. But a lot of women, in particular, every time they turned on the TV and saw him, it was like looking at their abuser. Yeah. So I have to think there probably is something there. Yeah, but it, it, it the amount of people who were triggered to that degree yeah, and how not the whole country i mean not, yes. right i mean the, the I, yes. extent of I mean, we, sam there, it was a moment <laughs> yes sam harris was abused by a guy like trump <laughs> well you know was, i mean but a lad when he was meditating and you know for years i have to say that i astrams. did <laughs> i i do have somebody orange showed up and um <laughs> maybe it's all those people who watch the muppet show i know what it is it's all the it's all the the gen xers and the you know older millennials that watch the muppet show and there are a lot of like orange monster muppets and so maybe yeah. we got there's some kind I, well, of unconscious i do i i get the i get trump i don't get trump derangement i do get trump hate because i also feel like if i ever met a man like this i would absolutely loathe him like absolutely loathe him. Yeah, you know the way he speaks, the things he talks about. He's a in, he, insane narcissist. Um, by by every measure, really, I would hate to be in his family. I would hate to be in his orbit. I would hate to have ever worked with him on any level. I felt sorry for many of the people in the administration. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 Kellyanne Conway. I mean, there was times that this woman, I was just like, she needs a nap. You feel sorry you for know? her. I mean, she's horrible, but I don't understand kinda. why they don't just leave. That's the thing, too. I don't understand. Like Sean Spicer obviously was having a complete meltdown for the you know latter half of his tenure as press secretary, and I don't understand why he just didn't have a Howard Beale moment and say like, you know, I quit. He should have just you know ripped his papers up on the podium and given a why speech. Does, and why walked did anyone off. agree to any of those jobs? I mean, the press secretary I, I job especially was the worst. Right. I can't believe right. anybody like, signed up for that. And it's like, what's his career now? Is it really like such a stepping stone to greatness that you... He's dancing on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I mean, uh... in a way, in a way he did, right? Like, in a way he is. Uh, he he, he might have been the only person from the Trump administration who is better off now than he was like because he's on dancing with the stars <laughs> no, he's making he's a little mini like celebrity Ka- he Kelly was nobody Conway. before Kellyanne Conway is going to be selling like um you know like her own skincare line on the um 
what's that old thing the uh the um home shopping network or something like that would have been she needs to have good skin in order to be her skin looks amazing now actually does it did she get like a facelift or something i i don't know i don't know but um i have heard i haven't seen her her personally that she looks amazing and i did i feel like i caught a glimpse of her um relatively recently i mean on tv not not uh not in real life and uh, her skin looked remarkably beautiful so who knows really Any, okay possible. so she might have something something has to have happened because i remember Maybe just being that she free just extremely being tired. free of trump that will do it like that's like getting a facelift just being out of that situation yeah yeah anyway yeah. well um, anyway all right well speaking of uh narcissists uh, do we want to touch on uh, another big story? Um, our uh, our young friend uh, Sam Bankman Freed. We can touch on it, man. I mean, there's so much going on there. Um, I have you been following the story? I I wasn't really. I watched uh, his interview with Andrew Ross Sorkin, the New York Times uh, business business columnist, uh, last night. Uh, it was like an hour and a half uh interrogation uh i don't know it's interesting because you say you thought this was uh not you thought it was like a a you know well given going too easy on him given what so i've been following i've been following the story from the very beginning when it first you know i've been you should take this one sort of you know it's been we don't have to i don't think we should go into too much detail about about this because I don't actually know a lot about crypto specifically. I you just have know any? about this story. Um, no, I don't. How do you I have even? A little. You I have do. A little. I'd you be do? probably not anymore. Not anymore. Oh my I god! Haven't, he, I haven't Megan. looked at my MetaMask wallet in a very long time. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I think you mentioned this. You mentioned this as you were like into it for a little I think bit. people should know that um all of our proceeds my half of the Substack uh goes straight into my metamask wallet i've so never even heard of this before me. yeah that, I, that's I, where you keep your crypto i refuse to i refuse to participate in something i don't understand <laughs> oh or that, i feel you're like you're gonna miss a lot sarah that's not <laughs> well, a good attitude or or i feel like it there's something going on that's that's fishy and i won't even if i wanted to i wouldn't be able to uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to s- separate out the bullshit from what's real, and it it, it felt like that with the um, yeah, uh, with the crypto conversation because there's so much fraud, or it seems like so many scams and so many so many of these get rich yeah, quick to type have, people. Yeah, no, you don't want to have those shit coins or and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I, I don't. I, know. I, I don't. But I don't know what you know. I I can't uh, distinguish. I feel like you have to have a lot of knowledge to be able to distinguish. Um, in a field that's filled with um, uh, yeah. these 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 hustler type, I people. do know people who made money. That's the sad part. Like if you got in early, you were psyched because I know people who actually got in and out, yeah. and you know, yeah, that did extremely well or decently wow. well. So too bad. Well, good for them. But uh, but the to the people who were who were putting in their money at FTX, right? Um, they lost. A lot, a lot, a lot, and uh, the reason that this guy popped on my radar is because I, f- uh, I follow just the you know the the effective altruist crowd. Yes. Do you want to explain briefly what that is? Effective altruism. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. It, well, it's it's not uh, a perspective that I personally follow. No, um, God, but God forbid you be altruistic. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, um, to give a, a, a an extreme, uh, to put it in, in extremely simplistic terms, it is just it's a form of like consequentialism. Um, it, it they just uh, their philosophy is you should be able to find out, uh, you should be able to investigate uh, the efficacy of of um, the, the, the charities that you participate in and the charitable acts that you participate in. Um, and you should be able to, uh, once you're, once you're able to see this and map this out, uh, you should invest in that, which is, uh, that, which, um, uh, prevents the most harm. So in the case of many of these people, like they do the calculation and they find out every penny that they put into, malaria nets in mm-hmm. in africa saves the most lives versus you know donating to the local salvation army or whatever that the, the there is a there is a best way to to um help others and that you should focus you should focus on that um so it, it's interesting it's uh agreeable to a lot of uh, I think nerdy types who, who, who like that there's kind of a calculus here yeah. and uh, you know, <laughs> it, it takes these complex ethical dilemmas and it makes them quite simple in the end. And, uh, it, and it, it has won a lot. Effective altruism has won a lot of uh, uh, followers among influential people uh especially as the texas sector has boomed because a lot of these people are familiar with uh they're they're kind of in in some similar worlds you know um in similar circles um so that's how i heard of him because uh sam uh bankman freed bankman right well it's like bankman sorry yeah it's like i'm gonna make a dad joke it's like bankman fried I know it's not pronounced fried, but it's like you fried your bank, which is very ironic that I know. We need a a rim (laughs) shot sound effect. I know. One of these days when we get a full, we get a live engineer, we'll have all kinds of sound effects. Yeah. But I know it's just funny. His name is Bankman. It's ironic. one One of the more annoying things about having a podcast, I have to say names out loud that I've only ever read. Oh, that's and a sign of intelligence. That's a Is deep it? sign of, oh, yes. If people who mispronounce words, it's actually a sign that they're really smart because it means that they learned the word by reading it. That doesn't mean you're smarter. You just learned yeah. it through reading. You're, you're just a nerd. You just don't have this own. No, like you're a, an autodidact kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm extremely smart. Or an um, autodidact, as I pronounce <laughs> it. I, I just um, read the word. Because you read it. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so he, uh, he he was very he's very um, he, uh, a big donor to some of the effective altruist organizations. And this guy's like thirty um, years old. Let's just how, yeah, is he actually thirty? And young. he's like totally gross. He's like like he's disgusting. Like Seth Rogen couldn't even play him like circa two thousand one. Like this is so the thing really... that gets me about all this really is that he it it, it just it's given what we now know about what was going on at FTX and the, the just, just how bad their, uh, you know, internal like financial controls were um, and reporting and uh, you know, it, I mean, it was just bonkers. This is why I believe it. There is, there is very much 
it, it was very much fraud and not just negligence because the negligence is just so bad that you find it impossible to believe um that yeah. that, that this that it wasn't purposeful in order to get to a point where you could say <laughs> right that, you know like you could squeeze a couple of you know hundred million dollars and no one would know where they where they where they went um uh this guy i mean he he just played a part and he played it so well that you had all these in highly intelligent VCs who were supposed to spot, you know, spot real talent mm-hmm. versus, you know, fraud or whatever. And all these people that were in love with him, you know, all these politicians, all these celebrities who thought that he was this incredible genius, believed in his genius. I mean, how much of that is just, there's this air that if you, if you put a billion, billion dollars, <laughs> You know, or you 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 say this guy is a billionaire. There's suddenly there's this air around them that they must be brilliant. Well, I would be. think yes. Uh, add add very he's a billionaire smart, onto anybody, and it certainly but, but, uh, there was ups a point where he wasn't a billionaire, right? Like there was a point where he was just some guy, and everybody, you know, people invested but in him. Is it because? People- he is so like he it's the it's the cult of the young but is it also the cult of the slob like it's it's a counterintuitive instinct there's definitely a look there's definitely a look and he was clearly leaning into it but he has it's like nobody this slovenly could possibly have gotten anywhere near as far as he had unless he was a bona fide genius right right What's amazing to me is that don't we all know this now? Like, don't we all don't we don't we now know <laughs> that you can game people's, you know, perception of you by going, you know, counterintuitively doing the opposite well, thing. But I mean, the sh- which the, the shysters, like I mean, like Jeffrey Epstein, for instance. Jeffrey Epstein was very good looking and very slick. So, like, that's a little. I know that's a different realm of fraud, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, Bernie Madoff, he was just kind of your run of the mill. Uh, I don't think he had any particular aesthetic of note. I'm trying to think. Uh, who else is like a big fraudster? Well, there's Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> but she she's a great example. She's a great example of someone who knew that there was a certain kind of look that if people saw that they people can't help but pattern match and they now associate certain behaviors and looks and, you know, smells i guess i don't these people just they don't look like they shower a lot and i think that's purposeful you don't think elizabeth um, holmes showered a lot she was always running she was, i think she took a shower after she, but she was just you know imitating steve jobs right with the black turtleneck very the, purposefully but it was of that, course, how yeah. can that how did you how were people like well look at what she's doing well, everything be, about her seems very she like she wears courted, a black turtleneck every right, day but she also courted people like henry kissinger and you know old men who don't know any better and who would be wowed by a young woman i mean there weren't a lot of women on her board if i recall were there any oh that's smart oh yeah yeah. no it was the the professor at stanford who she initially went to with her the woman and and she was just saying right and she was she was a she was a doctor right i think she was she was teaching and whatever and yeah and and elizabeth holmes went to her she said i want to she was was someone who was who had an expertise yes and she said well this is impossible she said this is like physically impossible you can't build this thing and um 
she just elizabeth just said you know well I'll, I'm not, you know she wouldn't take no for an answer so she just she sort of shopped for yeses you know mm-hmm. and she was getting them from men uh i mean george schultz right just right. old geezers really sad. who yeah who you know they they want they like the idea of championing a, a woman but they're so out of it that they don't know one woman from the next <laughs> so they all look the same <laughs> so well, the I one mean, who's in but, front but of them Elizabeth okay Holmes, yeah i mean she but she 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 was unique looking though it wasn't a, right she didn't look like she was a blonde and she was right pretty but I and think she they're just not savvy like they're not mm-hmm. i mean this is a little bit different than the sam begman freed thing but it's, that's what i'm saying that yeah. the, the so the 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 sbf thing it's it's like what these guys the people that were that he was around they should have known they should have known better um and that's what i find so fascinating about this like i wonder if it was just a this is what we want to see we want to see that here's this you know brilliant uh young man who is also the most ethical person you've ever met yeah you know and the most ethically committed person you've ever met and he's giving in into all these causes that really matter and he cares about altruism and he cares about doing it well and he cares about helping lives and he's a big you know he's a big donor to the people we like too and that's great and so we like all of this you know all of this is 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 working really well for us and so there's no reason uh to to you know turn a skeptical eye yeah yeah i think i mean i don't know how eccentric um sbf is like, but I think that people are very swayed by like eccentricity. Like they think mm-hmm. they associate that with genius. genius I mean, Greta, yeah. Greta Thunberg is an example, right? Right, like, right. The 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 little philosopher king or queen. Yeah, um, that is very seductive to people. Yeah, it um, is. It and is. Maybe maybe Sam had some of that. Well, um, I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I think if if I was somebody who wanted to to be a con artist, I, I, I certainly would lean into that. There are certain things I would lean into heavily. Like what being, um, being weird, like acting weird, being weird a little bit, we, being weird in a unique way and sticking to it. Oh, um, like not picking and choosing, but picking a signature weirdness. Um, yeah. Like, do you think you would be able to lower your voice that much the way Elizabeth Holmes did? My voice is already pretty loud. Don't you? I think? know, but she was like that was Hers really was fake. the most remarkable feat of endurance I think I've ever of endurance seen. but it is also like uh, of course she's purposefully lowering her voice I couldn't even watch an interview with her because the whole time I'm thinking she's why is she doing that with her voice yeah the whole time and I'm, I'm just distracted like I can't, <laughs> can't I can't possibly listen to this woman not another you know not another second because it's like hearing a a man do falsetto it's terrible so what she did was interesting because she she did the powerful she she copied like a powerful visionary leader and sbf was instead like the 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 wacky like zany oh yeah a boy woman genius. can't get away with that like okay so yeah. could a woman be, be like an the, autistic kind of be, yeah mm, right i don't like, think in business no you no. can have the woman like the greta thunberg kind of uh you know intensity joe yeah. the bark person who's really right. just autistic right and and massive ocd don't get me started right. on her uh 
Yeah. But he's he's like fidgety. He's, he has a very different Oh, yeah. Presence. His leg was shaking. I mean, I watched – so the interview with um, Sorkin. So you so Sam Bankman-Fried, you couldn't see – you could just sort of see his upper body for most of it. But occasionally you would see his leg was just like absolutely shaking the entire time. Yeah. He's fidget, just, he's fi- he fidgets all the time. Change. He sometimes yeah. repeats a question in his, well, under that's his okay. breath. Oh. Is it? Well, I mean, if you don't know how to answer, you should repeat the question to give yourself time to think of an answer. But you're saying he was just kind of doing it like as a tick. Well, well, he was obviously thinking about it, but it's it was very odd to hear somebody actually say it. So he wasn't saying like, if you ask me a question, so Sarah, uh, what did you think about the financial controls of your company? Blah blah blah. It wasn't. "Um, So what I think about the that's not what he was doing. He was doing. what do I think about the financial? <laughs> okay, he was doing so that. He was whispering. He was, he was playing whispering the role it to of his himself. Own, uh, uh, with his eyes closed, character. and he was yes. thinking about it. And it wasn't. It, it, you have. <laughs> he was imagining that he had a like a fixer in a in an earpiece telling him. Yeah, what to this say. was in. I've watched so many interviews with him, and this was in one of the interviews. He did this several times, and uh, it was the oddest thing I have I have I have seen in a while. And I, I think that 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 works in his favor. I think he is definitely leaning into it. You know, like he's he he has his persona and he's putting it on. I don't think it's authentic, um, and it it's obviously working because even now there are people who just think who are buying the story that he's selling, which is just that oopsie doopsie. Like I I don't know how this happened, <laughs> and I'm really sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. I didn't want this to happen, but it did happen. Totally my fault. My bad. It is my fault, you know, but. So do you think that he's a sociopath? I mean, there's something there. There's, there's something. I get the feeling that he thinks of himself as smarter than everybody else. And he's pulled off this big scheme up until this point. And now he thinks he can, uh, you know, pull off another one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and pull the wool over our eyes. And I, I bet though, what will happen in the end is that he will get a slap on the wrist. Um, unfortunately, I, I find it hard to believe that he's, he's actually probably make... useful. I mean, he probably is, obviously he is talented. He is he's talented. He's useful. useful. Enough to enough His people. parents are law, law professors, professors. you know, I mean, you know, he's, and he has, he has money squirreled away somewhere. He can use it. You know, I mean, there's, there's, um, a lot going on. He said he only had I, one working credit card. I don't know. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you got to believe him rich. because he's. He, <laughs> why wouldn't? Like, it's just so interesting to me that people are just like uh, taking him at his word. Yeah, because he says it earnestly. Like he's so, you know, he's so odd. He looks smelly, and <laughs> he seems like he's just. He seems like he's saying things that are not favorable to his cause. So he must be telling the truth. Right. 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 Do you think Elizabeth Holmes is a sociopath? Yes. I, I Getting pregnant as a way of trying to avoid jail time is yeah. monstrous. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Which monster. Is clearly what she did. I'm she's fascinated by like who married her, what that's about, what that relationship is about, her relationship with Sonny. 
but was it Baswani? What's his last name? Yeah, that was a very odd and then relationship. She, and now she's blaming him. Her defense was that he was abusive to her and manipulative. Amazing. Just incredible. Yeah. yeah. And now, so now she's going to go to prison. So she's got, is the idea that she's going to uh, have the baby, her second baby, and then report directly to prison. Where did, where are these babies going? Who Who is with uh, her husband, them? I guess. Lucky him. Oh, this wow. is how you do yeah. it, guys. Marry a, a famous uh, fraudster, uh, knock her up twice, and then she goes to prison, and then you've got a two kids, two two, two great babies, be, and they're going to be little little little. little me- guy's going to be the toast of Tinder. That guy's going to be. He's like, I got seven <laughs> years. I'm going to be single for seven eleven seven to eleven years, while my wife's in prison. Even that's incredible because you hear a lot of that in reverse, right? Like they, these guys who go to prison, they knock up some women and the women are raising the children, um, <laughs> you know, for years and years while the husband is in prison and providing nothing yes. to the family. This is the Stanford you know. version of the, this of is, the um, <laughs> old to prison pipeline. I mean, you got to, it's almost impressive. Like, like she's oh. getting some guy to raise her children. It, it's very impressive. Actually. Yeah. It's almost, it's just impressive. Um, well, he's yeah. going to make well, a, those girl boss. Those, those kids are gonna have some great college essays for their applications. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll get into Stanford. All right. Well, I would like to talk about uh, a, a recent interview that came out in Semaphore, which is Ben Smith's new media outlet that we've talked about before. This is an interview with Juno Diaz, who uh, Pulitzer Prize winning novelist was really a celebrated writer is a dominican american um his book his novel the uh, the the brief wondrous life of oscar wow came out in 2007 won the pulitzer prize anyway this guy was a phenomenal writer um i loved uh i love his work he was me tooed uh in a in a pretty brutal and it turns out nonsensical way a couple of years ago and uh yeah, there's a there's a long uh, profile of him uh, in in Semaphore just about how his life is just absolutely ruined, mm-hmm. and it turns out that all that happened, uh, he was accused of. Uh, well, the situation was that he was speaking, he was doing an event in Sydney, like a literary event, and a woman stood up in the audience who had had some kind of contact with him at Columbia University when I guess he was teaching there and she was a graduate student and she made some comment that he had um, forcibly kissed her. And that, of course, got into the news and there were a couple of other accusations from some other women in the literary world. Um, And he was he lost everything, uh, even though he had won the Pulitzer at that time. I guess the first thing he did was uh, call the Pulitzer committee and tell them what happened can you imagine they did some sort of Mm. investigation and really nothing came about it um but he just uh he he has not published anything since he has not written any fiction um he's absolutely exiled and what we learn in this in this story is that uh actually it was it was a kiss on the cheek um this woman just decided to frame the incident in such a way that uh he was a terrible doer of harm and uh it's it's just unbelievable and the fact that this guy is not writing fiction anymore it's a tremendous loss for the culture because he's brilliant writer who is this woman her name is zinzi clemens uh 
this happened in uh, 2018. Yeah, she stood up in a literary festival in Sydney to uh, make allegations that she later described on Twitter as having cornered her after a campus event at Columbia to forcibly kiss her. Mm. Um, and then it turned out, you know, who knows what the interaction was, but it was just a, a kiss on the cheek. Her this her statement has never been corroborated. And then a couple of other high profile writers, um, Carmen Maria Mikado among them, uh, came out and were saying things like, well, you know, it's been well known. It's been an open secret that Gina Diaz is, is terrible with women. Now, his characters in his novels are macho assholes. He writes about Dominicans uh, in the Dominican Republic and in New York and New Jersey in the, in the U.S. It's like very much about a certain kind of culture. You get into the minds of these men. Um, he also happened to write a, an essay in the New Yorker. Um, I can't remember. It was right before, it was before this allegation took place, I believe about how he, Juno Diaz was raped as a child. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it was a really powerful piece. And, uh, a lot of people of course then said, well, this was just a, a a run up to, you know, this accusation. So he was just kind of building his defense. I mean, it's, it's sick. Um, and you know, I, this, this story is troubling. Um, but it's funny because I read it Shortly after I saw this new movie, Tar. Have you heard of this? This is uh, the Kate Blanchett stars. I think in I film. saw, yeah, I saw a couple of uh, scenes from it, but I, oh, I haven't seen the movie yet. So. Excellent. So yeah. it's about a woman uh, conductor, composer, conductor. It's fiction. It's not really based on any real person because unfortunately there's really, there are no women in the classical music world anywhere near this stature women conductors anyway uh the characters uh she's like the director of the berlin philharmonic she's had this illustrious career her name is lydia tar um the movie opens with her on stage being interviewed by adam gopnik from the new yorker playing himself it's just it's you know and she's (laughs) she's written a uh like a like an autobiography or a a memoir called tar on tar (laughs) like i mean it's a psychological drama it's it's a serious movie it's not a comedy really but there's all these there's a couple moments of really you know winking at uh you know elite intellectual Mm -hmm. culture like the the npr the, the new yorker tote bag set um but it's this woman she's a lesbian and it really is about how she is a predator and how throughout her career there have been women in her orbit whether they're her assistant or her students or just various acolytes who with whom she has abused her power um either Mm. seducing them or um somehow letting them get too involved emotionally it's never really clear what she does i don't want to give away too much but we don't see any actual transgressions um but she just over a decades long career kind of slowly builds up this reputation that is simmering in the background of you know really really um really notable and important accomplishments she also does things she hates political correctness she hates identity politics she's the person teaching the class at juilliard where she lectures the students about you know their about how they need to listen to dead white male composers and 
you know, the importance of Bach and all this stuff. And, and, you know, people like us are rooting for her. Mm. Um, and anyway, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Um, the performances are amazing. This character, Kate Blanchett is amazing as she almost always is. Todd Field is the director and he's a fantastic director. He's made um, several movies that I, I really, really love. Uh, so I highly recommend this, but um, yeah, it was just, I thought it was a very interesting uh, kind of thought exercise. Like, would it be possible for a woman to be a predator in this kind of way that, that certain highly accomplished artists sometimes are or get definitely. painted as? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I just only think with other women. We just don't. Mm, Does she have even, to be a lesbian? Even with men, even with men mm. I think it could be. It's possible. It's possible. It's not likely, but I think it is. I think but in this possible. case, there were women complaining about her. So, like, if there was a woman in a powerful position and she sort of had her way with men, they wouldn't think complain. That men you would think... like file complaints. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. That's it. It wouldn't be um, seen as as predatory in the first place. Yeah. Even if she was doing exactly the same things. I mean, there was a uh, professor at NYU. Yeah. No, I'm um, that's what I'm, think- I'm thinking of that woman. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And she was like in the gender studies department or something. But that was weird because she was a lesbian and the guy who accused her was like gay. Was gay. Yeah. There was some odd. Uh, the whole thing was very the odd. Thing, I, but, I, you I, know, I don't remember was, the details. Yeah, I just remember thinking. That was a self prophecy. I think. Jeez. <laughs> was... Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I'm not in these. I'm not anywhere near people like uh, this. Sarah, you were so close to being a gender studies major. At NYU. I, I don't know what. Could, just, you know what? You could. It's never too late. Um. All right. Well, do we have anything else? No, this has been long so we it's should been, uh it's been we should yeah. we should we might we might sometimes we say it's long though and we will cut down so then people are like eh, it's not wasn't that long it wasn't that long it's like well you because you missed it yeah you, you missed, missed the really buddy. good stuff you, that mi- we took you out. missed you missed it you missed uh yeah i mean they don't want to hear about it you know but what they don't know is that that it's 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 they, they don't want to hear this they're ha- they they should be glad that we edit yeah and we cut out all the long tangents about our periods or whatever and uh, <laughs> <laughs> did we cut that out we cut that a we little bit of that last that time. time there was a no, little bit of that that we okay. cut out last time yeah. oh, that is so off-brand for us that I is i don't i do us. not like that yeah i don't approve of that um i do want to tell people little plug here if you don't mind that the unspeakeasy is having a retreat in los angeles on february 18th and 19th the weekend uh, this is a weekend long retreat. It's not the usual three nights, four days one. It's uh, uh, going to be on the west side of Los Angeles in an absolutely spectacular location, uh, which will be disclosed later. But if you're interested, go to the unspeakeasy.com and uh, request information. Uh, so we're going to have Sounds guest speakers, good. discussions, all the good stuff. Lunch. We're going to have lunch gonna have every little something of everything um all right well stuff okay um we'll do some bonus content we'll do Uh, some bonus content so subscribe if you want access to it (laughs) if you want it just to blather on for even longer yeah um but we do we do touch juicier topics and we don't and we don't edit the bonus as much no they get get the raw they get the yeah they Unless get we all say of it. something like really reveals like our home addresses or something. 
Yeah, which I do, like, at least once. At at least once. Sarah can't help it. You have, like, Tourette's of your home address. It's kind of weird. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. All right, everyone. Well. See you in hell. See you in hell. Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. (laughs) 